RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 374 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live on Tuesday, July 17th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, July 20th, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Anthony. All right, Anthony, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? Well, this week we're trekking out Star Trek Discovery's two Emmy nominations and some promotional stills from the upcoming second season. In films, casting rumors are flying for Star Trek IV, and another prominent Walking Dead cast member is a frontrunner. Finally, in the news, there's a new statue of Captain Kirk in a rural Iowa town, only William Shatner says it wasn't approved. In Star Trek Online and gaming news, we're catching up with the latest from our favorite Star Trek games, and later, Jake and Cookie are here with more Star Trek merchandise on the promenade. And of course, as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. That's right, Captains, because those hailing frequencies are always open, and you know that we love to hear from you between our episodes from week to week. So please reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Now, Captains, as you know, we here at Priority One are dedicating the month of July to raising money for Make-A-Wish America. Last week, we talked to Star Trek Online's Nick Duguid about his experience with a life-threatening illness as a child and about volunteering for Make-A-Wish as an adult. Now, if you haven't listened already, please go and do so. We're aiming to raise $1,000 to benefit Make-A-Wish America, and with your help, we can do it. We've already raised nearly $400, and we need your help to get us over the top. It's easy to donate. Just head to PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash Make-A-Wish. That redirects you to our fundraising page at Make-A-Wish. And you can donate as little as a dollar to what is a great cause, making a difference in the lives of thousands of children with life-threatening illnesses. Now, if you're listening and you're anywhere near a computer, go and do it now. It takes less than five minutes and it will help us reach our goal. No gimmicks, no games. We're just asking our listeners to take the time to consider making a difference in a child's life. Once again, just go to PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash make a wish and donate today. And now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. 
Well, we'd like to start Trek It Out by congratulating Star Trek Discovery and its team on receiving two nominations for the 2018 Emmy Awards for Outstanding Sound Editing for the Season 1, Episode 13, What Passed His Prologue, and Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup for a Series, Miniseries, Movie, or a Special. The Discovery team will face off against stiff competition for both awards, including HBO's Game of Thrones and Westworld, Showtime's Homeland, Netflix's Stranger Things, and FX's American Horror Story, Cult, and the assassination of Gianni Versace, American Crime Story. Emmy voting begins August 13th and ends on August 27th with the presentation of the awards on Monday, September 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, airing on NBC. So I wanted to just do a little clarification um, in case anybody doesn't remember what's past is prologue. That was the episode. It was more or less a cat and mouse thing. We'd found out that, uh, sorry, spoiler alert, uh, we found out that Lorca is really from the Mirror Universe. And we spent the majority of that episode uh, chasing Empress Giorgio around uh, the Chiron. Uh, so that's what that's what that one was. Um, it always amazes me things like this outstanding editing for a single episode. Um, I would like to understand better what exactly it is that makes something like that stand out because they they actually will submit specific episodes for specific categories. Okay, that makes a lot more sense because, like, I just have this, like, idea of this panel of people that are super into editing and going, well, that one is a definite no because I, I heard that cut from the other room. <laughs> like, no way that one's getting through, but that one, oh, it was smooth. Every transition was smooth. I'm actually a little disappointed that they didn't get nominated for some more prominent uh, awards, like for acting or for Best Dramatic Series or anything like that. I, I honestly thought that they were going to get at least nominated, maybe not win, but um, mm. um, it's interesting that, uh, that that didn't happen. Now, for the record, Matt Decker is a music editor on Star Trek Discovery. Um, <laughs> a very young Matt Decker. A very, yes, a very young Matt Decker. <laughs> and for those of you who know your TOS lore, you'll know that he appeared in The Doomsday Machine. He also um, appeared in an episode, well, his name did, in an episode of Discovery. Doesn't he have, like, a daughter or a granddaughter or something that turns up later as well? Yes, it was Choose Your Pain was the episode of Discovery. Yeah, his uh, his son, I guess, is Commander Decker from the motion picture. Or That's who, right. That's what it is. Yeah, or, so Commodore Decker is the one from yeah. the Doomsday Machine. That's Matt Decker. And then his son is Captain Decker and blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. yes. Nerding is finished. Carry on. <laughs> so Emmy nominations aren't the only things getting us excited about Star Trek Discovery. This week, Entertainment Weekly released two new images of Discovery's sophomore season. The first is of Michael Burnham, and while our main character is always an exciting sight, the real star of the photo is the background. Now, according to Entertainment Weekly's caption, this photo is of Burnham entering the bridge of the iconic USS Enterprise. To us here at Priority One, though, it looks a little bit like the production shot we've seen before of Sonequa Martin-Green entering room 3F, 125-1701, which is Spock's quarters. We shared the in-production video back in episode 364, so trek us out and let us know what you think. 
Now, the second photo offered by EW is of Star Trek Discovery's take on the Saurians. Made famous by their brandy and their creepy presentation in Star Trek The Motion Picture, the Saurians are also a playable species in Star Trek Online. Now, it's even possible that they're what Glenn Hetrick and Neville Page were referring to during their Facebook Live Q&A, when they inferred that they were working on a new but already known species for Season 2. I think uh, these Saurians look really good, and um, I agree. I- I'm excited to see... I, I hope this is a featured character. I hope we get to, to see and hear this character talk. And uh, I'm looking forward to maybe even some more uh, backstory and uh, maybe some more information about the Saurians coming out in Discovery. I think that that's a, that that's a, a, a great thing. Yeah, I think this is a an interesting take on the Saurian um, compared to the motion picture where we saw them i mean you know it's it's definitely dated makeup you know and the the eyes are buggy and i'm looking at a picture right now of them um even in star trek online it's kind of straightforward this kind of reptile you know what it looks like to me what what saurians look like to me in, in star trek online like the 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 standard depiction of what an extraterrestrial looks like, right? Yeah. With the big eyes. The standard whatever. sort of alien um, head face thing. Right, guys. right. But this looks much more detailed. This looks much more realistic, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, but we've never seen Saurians in any other form in Star yes, Trek. Yes, you're right. Correct? Not in any episode, only in film. And uh, I'm actually pretty curious to know what Captain Gecko has to say about this because I think his character is Saurian. Or the president of the Federation is Saurian right now, right? In, in Star Trek Online, that's right. The president of the Federation is uh, Okeg, which is named after yes. Captain Gecko, is Saurian, and boom, there you go. There's the connection to Star Trek Online. The Star Trek Cinematic Universe has also been churning rumors this week. It's been reported that the Walking Dead star, Denai Guerrera, is being considered for Star Trek's next big screen presentation. According to Deadline, Guerrera, who also featured prominently in Marvel's Black Panther, is a top contender for an unknown role in the S.J. Clarkson-helmed Star Trek IV. That HashtagShow.com followed up Deadline's scoop, reporting that the production is, quote, in the early stages of identifying two actresses, both 45 to 60, for the film's main antagonist and an additional female hero, end quote. Tilda Swinton, according to That Hashtag Show, was ideal for the villain role, though the site stresses that Swinton will not be joining the production. Be sure to check out the show notes for the rest of the juicy speculations. Can I just say that I love all of these ideas that are being completely wildly speculated upon. I love the idea that the main antagonist of a Star Trek film will be an older woman. I love that idea. Uh, I love the fact that they're recruiting for a new female hero that's going to turn up. And I know that there's going to be people out there that are like, what is it all going to be women? Well, that'd be awesome. Speaking as a Star Trek fan who's a woman, that'd be awesome. Also, it's called Star Trek, so it's probably going to have, you know, Kirk and Spock and McCoy and all that, so don't worry. But I, I personally, I, I I love that it's a woman director. I love Denai Guerrera. Uh, I also love Tilda Swinton. I know she's not going to be in it. Um, but the fact that that's the, the, the kind of characterization that they're thinking about makes me very, very excited. And that brings us to our first community question this week. 
Would you prefer Denai Guerrera play a hero or a villain? Finally, today, Riverside, Iowa runs off of Iowa Highway 22 and, as of the 2010 census, has a population of 993 people, one of which may be James Tiberius Kirk's ancestor. According to Star Trek lore, Kirk was born in the small Iowa town, and every year Riverside celebrates the fictional captain's soon-to-be birth. This year, during Trek Fest 34, in addition to a parade, costume contests, and other events, a statue of Captain James T. was unveiled. The brainchild of former Riverside Councilman Steve Miller and product of artist Jurek Jakowitz is a $30,000 bronze life-sized statue of the famed captain. And unfortunately, not everyone loves it. It was reported by MeTV that Kirk actor William Shatner approved the statue in 2004, but Shatner took to Twitter to rebut. In a tweet dated July 17, 2018, Shatner posted, quote, As an FYI, I never gave an okay. CBS would have to authorize it, as I don't have that authority. I don't even think it looks like me. End quote. According to former Councilman Miller via ColonaNews.com, however, quote, As fortune would have it, William Shatner came here in 2004, and I gave him a cigar. Over cigars, he conceded that he wouldn't have to pay anything for his image to be put into a statue. End quote. Well, we hope that everything works out, because any celebration of Star Trek is a celebration worth attending. Check out the show notes for more, and for links to all the stories we've talked about this week. That's it for this week's Star Trek news. Now let's find out what happened this week in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Captains, as you know, the featured episodes will grant you special weekly rewards or a prize box that grants you either an enhanced tech upgrade or a specialization point. Well, for week four of the Victory is Life finale episode, Home, you can get your very own phased waveform beacon that has been modified to signal nearby friendly Herc to render assistance. It is nice to be on the other side of a vicious swarm. Just like Zephram Cochran's warpship rose from the ashes of a devastating war, so do the previously retired items, ships, and other rewards in the Phoenix Prize Pack, now available on PC. Visit your friendly Ferengi merchant on Drazana or Deep Space Nine to get your daily free prize pack. According to the blog post, the prizes have been updated since its previous release. This past week, Ambassador Kell and Star Trek Online leadership artist Thomas Maroney introduced a redesign to the Excelsior-class starship on Stowe's weekly 10 Forward streaming show. The redesign includes the Star Trek VI version of the Excelsior and the retrofit version from Star Trek Generations. Both models will be available for free to anyone with an Excelsior variant. The original Star Trek III version of the NX-2000 Excelsior is also available for any captain who purchases or has purchased the T5 or T6 Advanced Heavy Cruiser. These model designs are brought to you by none other than Tobias Richter, the artist responsible for the Deep Space Nine station redesign recently released with Victory is Life. 
To celebrate, the Tier 6 Resolute class and Tier 3 and Tier 5 Advanced Heavy Cruisers are all 20% off in the Sea Store until July 23rd. Have you seen uh, the redesign of this ship yet? I have. I have. They look. It, it looks fantastic. Uh, Thomas had tweeted uh, the images of the Excelsior, the new Excelsior, um, along with the fact that uh, they had teamed up with Tobias Stricter again, and, and I just think that's awesome that they that, that they're consulting with an artist who has worked in some capacity uh, on Star Trek ships for film. Yeah, I. You know, the the Excelsior is one of my favorite ships um, ever, probably, and mostly because of the Enterprise B in Star Trek Generations. I saw that movie probably six or seven times in the theater, and of course I am a TNG baby, so when I saw that they had updated all of the versions of this ship, I was uh, very ecstatic. And as no surprise to anyone, captains on both Xbox and PlayStation 4 will be able to create Jem'Hadar Gamma Recruits when Victory is Life launches on July 24th. These recruits will grant players special rewards as they reach milestones during gameplay. Most notably, if you are a Gamma Recruit or teamed with one, you will earn salvage whenever an enemy is defeated but only during the Gamma Recruit event, which will take place starting July 24th until August 28th. Now, stopping by with Armada News is Fleet Admiral Winters. In Priority One Xbox Fleet News, the fleet is to rename its Colony World Fleet Holding after Admiral Solik. This gesture is meant as a token of gratitude for all of the hard work, dedication and commitment that Admiral Solik has put into the fleet. Admiral Solik put in tremendous effort for the recent Armada anniversary, and continues to do so on a daily basis. His dedication to the fleet and willingness to take on new responsibilities have no doubt contributed to the fleet's success. Thank you and again congratulations Admiral Solik. Well, it's good to hear from you Winters. Now let's talk a little bit about other news from Star Trek Gaming. If you're a fan of the digital customizable card game Star Trek Adversaries, and also a fan of Discovery's take on the Constitution redesign of the old 1701, you're in luck. Adversaries is now available on Steam and was recently launched on iOS devices, and players can now select the Discovery-style Enterprise as their flagship. The Enterprise joins other Discovery starships in the game, including the Crossfield class, the Walker class, the Sarcophagus ship, and Lorel's prison ship, the Sech class. Check out the show notes for an article from trekmovie.com showcasing this update. Well, that's it for this week in Star Trek Online and gaming news. Now, let's visit the promenade for some interesting merchandise with Jake and Cookie. Welcome back. I'm Jake Cobb. And I'm Cookie. And this is The Promenade. So we were tipped off by a listener of the show, Chris Keen, at Keeney1975, and he tweeted us, at Priority1Pod, Netflix series The Toys That Made Us Season 2, Episode 1, looks at Star Trek toys. So we checked it out. The rocky history of Star Trek toys starts off with the company Remco, who started off making toys that had nothing to do with Star Trek and just slapped the name Star Trek on the products. Very silly. The toy that was considered the best of the worst was the Star Trek helmet, 
with what looks hmm. like a police siren on top, and then it just has the name Spock or Kirk, depending on which one you want. It was never in the show. No, nope. it, it was ridiculous. It was awesome. <laughs> the AMT model kits of the Enterprise shuttles and equipment were the first real Star Trek toys that actually resembled the show. But things really started to get interesting when the action figures were produced. This was about eight years after the original series aired and when the Star Trek cartoon launched and conventions were becoming more popular. In addition to making the crew along with support characters, Mego made interactive playsets to go along with them. Mego bought the rights to make the Star Trek toys for $5,000 and did over $50 million in sales. Of course, later the company filed for bankruptcy and was also charged with several crimes, but you know, things happen. So the Star Trek toys were in somewhat of a limbo until 1987 when Star Trek The Next Generation aired. Kaloob toys were in charge of making the action figures at first, but they didn't do a very good job with likeness, consistency, and they had inadequate target marketing. So Playmates took over, and they seemed to have much more passion for Star Trek and took more care and detail in making the props, model ships, and action figures. Not only did they make the characters we all know and love, but also obscure characters that were barely featured and everything in between. They made a lot of these limited edition characters, only releasing 1,701 of each of them. Get it? 1,701? Mm-hmm. There were so many different and exclusive characters, over 400, that it made it impossible for collectors to acquire them all, so many gave up. For many collectors, if they can't get the whole set, then why even try? After Playmates discontinued the Star Trek toys, Art Asylum, who later became Diamond Select, took over. They made the toys a work of art. Screen accurate details, almost model quality. Some of the toy props were actually used in Star Trek Enterprise. McFarlane and Eagle Moss are now in charge of making the newest toys from Star Trek Discovery, and it looks like the franchise is in good hands. I actually have a Diamond Select Enterprise D from my favorite series, The Next Generation, and it has sound effects and everything. Nice! I also have many of the action figures, 17 of them. When my niece comes over, she loves playing with them. We made a little ship interior out of cardboard. She hates the Borg one, though, and she often tries to get me to agree not to use it. <laughs> I always do, though. <laughs> Who made the action figures? It was Playmates, because I have so many of them. They're the ones that made 400 oh, yeah. action figures and only made 1,701 of them each yeah. kind. Uh, which was kind of yes. silly. Well, those, not every single one was like that. It was a certain selection of them. So I've got a, an embarrassing amount of... Playmates figures, and I've got oh, yeah? a lot of the Galoob figures. I actually still have some of them, and I really I disagree with the I, I disagree with the documentary. I thought they were pretty cool. As far as the documentary itself went, I loved it. It was really really fun. They got the most uh, uh, charismatic Star Trek figure that there is in Doug Drexler. How do you not love Doug Drexler? <laughs> the guy is so animated. He loves Star Trek. He gets all into it. He's like a kid every time he talks about it. I love watching Doug mm. Drexler. Yeah, I learned a lot about these toys that I've had for so long. Mm -hmm. Some more than others, but yeah. And the guy who ran Mego, he kind of looked like he should have been in like Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was awesome too. He was pretty. He was pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, that was a good interview. I'm glad they got him. Yes. Yeah, and he was pretty honest about the whole thing, which I really mm -hmm. liked. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was not shy on the ego, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thoroughly enjoyed that documentary. Thanks for the heads up, Mr. Keene. Yes, thank you very much, Chris. 
So there you have it. Yay, toys! <laughs> Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. Have any comments about this segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear them, so let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comments section. And remember, you keep an eye on the stars. We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now, let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Now, even though we didn't have a community question for episode 373, we still wanted to hear from you. We asked, what do you think about Star Trek, Priority One episode 373, your thoughts on Priority One in general, or anything at all? From Patreon, Jim DeVico writes in, no comments for this week's feedback, but here are some suggested questions for future shows. What are you looking forward to doing or seeing at San Diego Comic-Con or Star Trek Las Vegas? How do you see our current society getting to the society represented in Star Trek? Which show was better? Deep Space Nine or Babylon 5 and why? <laughs> We're not going to ever answer that one. If you could save one sci-fi show, which one would it be? Current or past? And lastly, are you a robot? Okay. Now, I like number two about do, how do we see our current society and how it might end up being a Star Trek. But I think that that's better reserved for an on-screen episode. A priority one after hours. Because it's going to get political. And, yeah. It's going to get real political real fast. I'd like to take a stab at number five and say that I am not a robot. Uh, of course, that's what I would say if I was a robot... So I think, you know, I don't know where that leaves us. You see, I am a meat popsicle. I, I like number four. And I have a very, a very cool answer for number four. And that would be the... Number four was, if you could save one sci-fi show, which one would it be, current or past? Uh, and I would say the American version of Life on Mars. I never saw it. But the British one is so good. As well as Ashes to Ashes, one of my favorite series of all times. Did you see the American of version of Life on Mars? I don't need to see the American version because I have Gene Hunt. No, it's different. It's very different. And it's good. All right. All right. Now, I did actually want to address something because we didn't really much talk about because we don't really have a lot of content to talk about. There is going to be a Discovery, Star Trek Discovery presence at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, which is happening uh Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of this week. So if you're listening to this on Friday, it's happening literally as you're listening to this. There's going to be a big discovery panel in Hall H at one o'clock on Friday afternoon. That's Pacific time. And we're expecting to see a lot of new information about discovery season two. Now it's going to be too late for us to, to, to get that information into this show this week. Uh, but please go and check that out. It's going to be very, very cool. And of course, the, the panel that I am doing with Larry Namachek and John Champion and Ken Ray and Kayla Yakovino and Aaron Harvey 
that's going to be on Friday afternoon at uh, 5 o'clock. We're going to bring you some audio of that at some point in the future, so just listen to our social media channels, et cetera, to find out more about that when, when you can hear that. But so there is going to be a Star Trek presence at San Diego Comic-Con, and we will probably catch you up on that in Priority One next week. And from PriorityOnePodcast.com, Chiyu Umiku says, Awesome as always. Enjoy fun in the sun, and if I'm lucky, see you at STLV. This is so exciting because here's the thing is that Chio Umiku has been a longtime listener of the show and writes in quite often. Pretty much every week. And so, right. And so when a listener who is a part of the show, the way Chio is, says they might actually be at Star Trek Las Vegas, that is super exciting for me because I, it's just so awesome to meet people who listen to the show. I mean, you know, we, we see our Facebook uh, live audience engaging with us, and it's, it's a real interactive thing. But on Fridays, we kind of just we let the show out. We, we just put it out there. You know, we just put it in the ether. And like so Moses when we get in the, the river chance, in a yes. something. I don't even know which river it was. You can see how on the, on the, I, I haven't been the to Nile, Sunday. Isn't it? into Bible school for a while. Yes, it was the yes, Nile. It was the, the Nile. Nile. The, Nile. the Nile. Sure. And and Elijah so, would play a great Moses. I just got to say that. Let my people go. So, it's just really exciting to have the opportunity to to be able to meet up with uh with folks who listen to the show, you know? It's just like Really you listen? It's so awesome. From Facebook, Christopher D says, "I love you guys, but not as much as bacon." I love bacon, oh too. Oh, my God. Oh, I love bacon. And let me tell you something. So um, I did a speakeasy tour over the weekend. And one of the speakeasies was called Please Don't Tell. Haha, <laughs> get it? And I tried a their take on a, an old-fashioned, which is bourbon, uh, a little bit of simple syrup, and some orange zest. But their take on it was a bacon-infused bourbon with, instead of simple syrup, it's it was actual grade-A maple syrup. Let me explain something to you. You know that beautiful scent of a campfire? You know, when you're just around a campfire, it's just that burning scent, that beautiful wood burning, that cedar burn. It's just so delightful and, and, and warming. Yeah, that was in my mouth. It was amazing. Sounds kind of it sounds kind of amazing. Well, you know how much well we're sort of all fans of bourbon around here. We are fans of bourbon. <laughs> Sometimes a little too As much. Matter of fact, um, and uh, so <laughs> thank you, Anthony, for the for the visual there. That actually sounds kind of wonderful. It was delicious. Also from PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy says, Wonderful episode, everyone. I love the idea of doing a whole shooting set. I hope to one day get to go to something like that. Uh, yes, if you get the opportunity, head on over to Trek Conderoga. Uh, Anthony, you've been there. You know, I was just there with Jace. We plan on being there again for Carl Urban's presence there at uh, Trek Conderoga. It was it was a remarkable experience. Please do. If you can make it to Trek Conderoga in August, that'd be great. We'd love to see you there. 
Uh, if not, maybe we can make a little event of it and, and do a Priority One meetup of sorts. Maybe sometime in the spring. Uh, Priority year. One Con! Priority One Whoa. Con! Roddenberry, Roddenberry Con! Oh. A Roddenberry Star Roddenberry Trek Con. Con. We'll just, Are you uh, listening, John? We'll just put a, we'll put a call in. Well, Captains, that wraps up episode 374 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. And before we go, here's a reminder of our community question this week. Would you prefer Denai Guerrera play a hero or a villain in Star Trek IV? Now, Captains, you know that we'd love to hear from you, so please answer our community question by leaving us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and the Priority One Armada on Saturday nights. Just head over to our Twitch channel, where they review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as highlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there is something for all Star Trek Online players, new and old. Just follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. And if you're interested in joining the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editor, Brandon Parker. Thanks to producer Jake Morgan for assisting in the writing of our show and social media endeavors. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Su, no. Engage.
Transfer complete. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 374. Uh, 74. <laughs> 374. 374. Priority one. Priority one. With, with special Ron guest. And Mary Star Trek podcast. With special guest Mary Poppins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be able to create Gemadar Gamma. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you really hate Deep Space Nine, don't you? You yeah, can't even say Gamma, right? I had a dream once that I would be on a Star Trek podcast, and then it came true. Was it a dream or a nightmare? Well, it, it was a dream, and now it's a nightmare. <laughs> okay, shut up now, because Elijah's getting really pissed. <laughs> I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time. do <laughs> So Emmy nominations. nominations. So Emmy nominations aren't the only thing nope. getting us. It's like you're like so Emmy nominations. <laughs> That's what I just heard. So Emma nominations. <laughs> that is exactly what I just heard. <sighs> Dilda Swinton. Here, here, I would recommend paying attention to the comma and honoring it. Give it some love. Take applause. And just, just, just take, honor, just, honor, just honor the comma. Honor the comma. Honor the comma. Honor the comma. Namaste. 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 Shows how much I keep track of this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so promenade. Inadequate. I chose that word because they really sucked. <laughs> and I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> we'll have a conversation about that after. Get ready. It's like, oh, beady white. eyes. Don't look at me. Don't look at did my you beady get, eyes. What, did, you need, what you need is eyeliner. I do need eyeliner. Did, You're right. did you and get the... the um... <laughs> <laughs> Are we done with feedback? Should we hit stop? <laughs> Oh, are we still recording? Good lord. Yeah, we're still recording. (laughs) All right, everybody hit stop. Everybody hit stop. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.